hey, and welcome to another edition of TGC Midweek. My name is Jacob, here with Michael Novak, and this week we're continuing our series on the five points of Calvinism, looking at the fourth point today, irresistible grace. Before we do that, Michael, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Anything happened since uh, since we last blessed the airwaves with our Well, we celebrated Halloween, we did. which was a fun evening. Mm-hmm. You were at our house, actually. I consumed many a Whopper. Yeah, many a Whopper. It was amazing. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got some Whoppers to give you. Oh boy! Uh, and I also f- I found this past week in one of my kids' candy bags a knockoff chocolate malt ball. Yes. It was not called a Whopper. It was called something different. Oh my god! And I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> those 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 Aldi candies, that, yeah, kind of uh, like a, a a store brand yeah. Whopper. And so no Whoppers weren't snackers. bad enough. <laughs> uh, Walmart is making their own Whoppers. I'm telling you, the malted milk balls at HEB with the peanut butter are are oh, better than Whoppers. Goodness. Those are those are the way to go. Yes, um, this is TGC Midweek, brought to you by the Whopper. <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> Mars or whoever makes them. <laughs> um, fun stuff. Yeah, I was in. Uh, Golden, Colorado last weekend. Ooh. So, man, weather was awesome there. Um, I made a candle. Wow. So that's a thing that happened. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, what were you doing? That- oh, my my sister goes to school up there. Um, she goes to Colorado School of Mines because she's the she got the brains and the athletic uh-huh. ability. So she goes to the school. smart school and plays volleyball. And uh, she made us this reservation at this candle-making company to make <laughs> candles which sounds sounds like a really lame thing to do, but it was actually a lot of fun. Um, I, yeah, well, I made that's what you do is you basically is you basically blend the scent of the candle, <laughs> and they have like melted wax on tap that they fill a jar, and then you mix your scent into there. What was so, your scent? Uh, I called it mandel. <laughs> the mandel. <I laughs> the <love> mandel. <laughs> and it's. Uh, well, it's did it smell like musk? No, no. It's. Uh, it, it was uh, sandalwood, mahogany, and peppercorn. <laughs> And it smells delightful, oh. if I if I do say so. Goodness, um, yeah, it so was Mandel. a it was a good time. Wow, that could be your new Etsy Etsy shop. <laughs> Jacob McCandless is the Mandels. The Mandels, Mandels by Jacob. Mm. Um, well, that's a bit of that's a bit of a digression, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, let's get into the topic at hand today. So we're talking about irresistible grace today. This is the eye in our acrostic tulip. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by way of review, it's kind of helpful to um, just to kind of remember where we've been throughout this series. So we started off talking about total depravity, which is this idea that man is dead in his sins as a result of the fall, incapable of choosing to have faith in Christ on his own. From there, we discussed unconditional election. So God has elected a portion of humanity to inherit eternal life. And this election is totally God's choice and not based on any kind of previous qualifications on the part of man. And then finally, limited atonement, which we talked about the last two weeks, is that this idea that Christ's death on the cross was a substitutionary sacrifice that actually accomplished salvation for God's elect. Mm-hmm. So to me, irresistible grace is sort of the how behind all this and kind of how things get applied. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us the high-level definition of irresistible grace? Yeah, irresistible grace really highlights the Spirit's work in salvation. And so if we are totally depraved, if we are dead in our sin, it's God the Father who elected us unto salvation God the Son in limited atonement who comes and makes that definite atonement for God's elect. 
and it's God the Spirit who irresistibly draws the elect and applies uh, the salvation of Jesus uh, to their hearts and lives. And so irresistible grace is uh, us saying that the Holy Spirit never fails to bring salvation to those sinners to whom God the Father elected and God the Son redeemed. Uh, And put another way, you could say all those whom God has chosen for eternal life will come to faith. Mm -hmm. So really what we're talking about in this whole irresistible grace conversation is um, how does a person come to faith, I guess we might say. Mm -hmm. That's right. And there's a distinction to be made here between what we'd call or what we would uh, refer to uh, as the general call and the effectual call. And the general call of the gospel is the proclamation of God's good news that goes out to anyone and everyone. Uh, We make a general call every Sunday morning, for instance, at Trinity Grace, hopefully, Mm -hmm. through the preaching of the word, through the administration of the sacraments, through the prayers and the singing, the gospel is proclaimed to all that are there. Generally, just generally. Yep. Um, We're casting seed uh, Mm -hmm. out to wherever it, it might fall. And the effectual call is when the Holy Spirit comes and makes the general call effective uh, by giving people ears to hear, eyes to see, what we might say by giving people hearts of flesh, Mm -hmm. uh, giving them new life so that they might hear the general call in an effectual way and actually respond to that call through faith and repentance. And so there's a distinction to be made that the general call can go out every Sunday, every Sunday. People can uh, reject it, uh, but when the Spirit is at work um, in in His special way to give folks uh, basically eyes to see, ears to hear, um, they they can't help but respond Mm -hmm. uh, to the gospel. Yeah, giving them a, a new heart, in other words. I think this is... What Jesus is talking about when he when he's speaking to Nicodemus and he says, in order to inherit eternal life, you must be born again. Yes, and it's 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 hard to um, to untie the idea of irresistible grace from the idea of regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in some ways, they're one and the same. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, the Holy Spirit, because we are dead in our sins. In order for us to respond to the gospel call, mm-hmm. he's actually got to come and give us a new heart. Uh, he's got to breathe life into our dead hearts. And once our hearts are alive, we hear the gospel with new hearts, and we can't help but respond to that good news. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where we get this idea of irresistible grace. Uh, when we have new hearts, when the spirits regenerated us from the inside, uh, we can't help but respond to yeah. the grace we hear at that point. Yeah, irresistible is a curious adjective because human history is wrought with with examples of people resisting God's grace. Um, the Israelites in the Old Testament are a stiff-necked people who resisted God's grace. And so it's not irresistible in the sense that people uh, don't um, put up resistance to it. It's irresistible in the sense that when God determines to work in an individual's heart, that work is accomplished. God doesn't fail in bringing about the regeneration 
um, of his elect. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of theologians out there that um, have their own sort of special words that they like for each of these five points. And I've heard um, effectual grace or uh, efficacious grace used mm-hmm. in terms of irresi- instead of irresistible grace in this context. Yeah, yeah. And um, the idea of the general call being made effectual or mm. irresistible is illustrated pretty profoundly in Ezekiel chapter 37, and I'm just going to read the first, uh, I guess, six verses from this chapter. It, it might be familiar to some of you, but uh, this is Ezekiel 37, beginning in verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and as I was as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then uh, it continues that the breath comes mm. and gives them life. And it's a great uh, picture for us of Ezekiel uh, generally calling people prophesying, uh, but the Spirit is the one that has to come and breathe life uh, into these dry bones. Uh, and once they're given life um, uh, by the Spirit, um, they respond to, to this, this call in a new way mm-hmm. um, and are able to, uh, to become part of God's family. Yeah. Um, not these bones in Ezekiel. That's a picture for yes. us. Um, but uh, it, it's a picture of what's happening when we talk about uh, general and effectual call in some ways. That is a great picture of our state prior to God working in our hearts, um, a bunch of dead, dry bones, and then us after the Holy Spirit uh, regenerates our hearts and gives us a heart of flesh. And here is is an interesting um, – one of the interesting things to think about here is that um, around all these five points of Calvinism, the idea of free will gets thrown around a lot. And what does it mean to have free will? Do we have free will at all? And this is a great place, I think, to to highlight that this idea that y- your will is only free insofar as your nature is unbound. And our fallen human nature is in slavery to sin. And what irresistible grace does is it gives us a new heart mm-hmm. and a new will so that now we we are able to follow our free will in choosing Christ because that is our greatest desire in the moment is to is to have faith in Christ. Yes. Uh, God does not bring us in kicking and screaming. Uh, like you said, he gives us a new heart, and from that new heart, our will is transformed. Michael Horton, uh, who is a theologian um, in Southern California, uh, puts it this way, God the Spirit overwhelms us with his love and grace liberating us to freely embrace what we had before just as freely rejected. Mm, Yeah. And so that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about irresistible grace. It's a work of the Spirit on our hearts, giving us new life so that we might be able to hear the gospel proclamation 
And in the past, we couldn't respond right. because we were dead in our sin. But now that the Spirit has brought us new life, we can do nothing. We can do nothing but respond mm-hmm. uh, with faith and repentance um, because the news is so good, and we've been given life, ears, and eyes to yeah. see and hear it. And that uh, that response is 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 a key thing to, to talk about. The response to irresistible grace is faith. And I think this is important because it. This is what I mean by it's sort of the how of the first three points. Um, I guess specifically uh, limited atonement. It's the ha- how of how that atonement is is applied to a person. Um, we've thrown this formula around a lot uh, in the church. It's a biblical one. We are saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And I think we talk about that so much we sort of forget what we what what it means. And when you zoom in on that, we are saved not. By our faith, because God knows my faith wavers, but we are saved by God's grace. Mm-hmm. The mechanism by which we reach out and grab that grace is faith. What's more is that that faith is not of ourselves. That faith itself is a gift from God. So God is so gracious that not only does he give us grace to atone for our sins, but he gives us by grace the faith needed to reach out to grab that grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And uh, and if you buy into the the uh, first point, total depravity, in the way that the Bible talks about it, in the way that we we touched on it for a few weeks, um, the idea of gift has to be the case. It has to be, yeah, because there's no room for a dead man to do one percent to God's ninety nine percent. In in sometimes you'll read about this, and the words monergism and synergism get mm-hmm. get thrown around. Yep. Monergism being the work of one, synergism being the work of multiple. And we would say that <clears throat> that regeneration and faith is a monergistic work and that mono is is God. God alone is the one that that works faith. He goes the full hundred percent. There's no need for us to go even one percent. Yep. Yep. I think a good passage that kind of puts a pin in this is um Ephesians two, one through ten. Let me just read mm-hmm. that really quickly. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Saved, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable richness of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hmm. And the thing that I love about that so much is by grace, you've been saved through faith, through faith. And this is not your doing. It is a gift of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, the spirit's work in changing our hearts, which is really the the foundation or the fountain of that gift, I think. Uh, the spirit giving us new hearts so that we can hear the message um, giving us faith uh, so that we might embrace yep. the message. And uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, um, verse 6, 
Moses writes this, The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and that you may live. So if you notice the order there, God's going to do something to their hearts so that they would love Him and live. Uh, God is the one who changes their hearts. They don't change their hearts. It's completely His work. They're passive in a sense. And then if you flip forward to Ezekiel 36, 26, classic verse uh, in talking about a new heart, uh, Ezekiel uh, writes this, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And so again, God is the one who's doing this. He changes our hearts. Uh, But those texts just say God does it. Um, And it doesn't specifically uh, specify the spirit that's doing these things until you get to the New Testament. Um, and then if you look at Titus chapter 3, 5, you really get the, uh, the, the uh, work of the Spirit highlighted. Um, and let me flip to Titus, which is a hard book to find. It is. Really short um, one. And uh, I've already passed it. Um, Paul writes Titus, uh, and it's going to be before Hebrews. Um, so uh, let me get there real fast. Here we are. Titus chapter 3, uh, verse 5. It says this. Um, Uh, Because when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so in the New Testament, you kind of get light shown on what was hidden in the Old Testament, uh, the Spirit's work being um, the person of the Trinity who actually um, gives us new hearts. Uh, so that we might embrace the gospel message. So here's maybe a curveball for you, Michael. Um, which happens first, regeneration or faith? Do we have faith and then are regenerated, or are we given regenerate hearts and then express faith? Well, um, it, it's an interesting question, and when you look at what theologians call, it's a Latin word, the ordo salutis, order of salvation, mm. uh, we've actually, uh, uh, folks have actually put into place the order of what happens uh, in the process of salvation. And in the Reformed view, uh, we would see regeneration coming just before faith and repentance in that order mm-hmm. of salvation, um, but... Uh, we would say that that is an order so that we might cognitively understand yeah. what's happening. But in actuality, regeneration, uh, faith and repentance, justification, and even definitive sanctification happens concurrently with mm. each other, uh, almost immediately in someone's heart. And so while we can, for scientific or theological reasons, parse them out in an order, uh, regeneration and uh, confession, uh, repentance, and faith um, really uh, happen at the same time. So we might say that regeneration precedes faith logically, but not necessarily yes. in time and space. You say it so much more beautifully than I do. <laughs> well, hey, I don't. I'm being I, serious. <laughs> I don't get paid to talk for a living, so I. <laughs> I'm tired of talking, apparently. So I just uh, want to listen to you tonight. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, not not advised. Um, I think we've we've circled around the main points of this pretty good. Um, 
Do you have any any final thoughts for the good of the group, Mike? Yeah, I, I guess we could end. Let's end by looking at one more passage. Sure. And um, I've got a quote that I want to sure. read that sums um, this up really good, too. So Acts chapter 16. Uh, love this passage when we think about irresistible grace. Let me get there. Acts chapter 16, verses 11 to 14. I'll read it for you. So setting sail from Troas, 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 setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, we remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we ran outside to the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. And one who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was being said by Paul. Mm. And so here you've got uh, Paul uh, proclaiming the gospel, the Lord opening Lydia's heart. That's how she was enabled to respond to the gospel. And you get a very clear sense that the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates people or gives them new birth. And the human soul is utterly passive until it's been made alive. And so when God gives somebody a new heart, uh, when it's been renewed, it's then free to believe and now actually wants to believe. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to receive spiritual truth. Um, and that's that's really what we're talking about today. Yeah. This is a, a quote from, from R.C. Sproul in his book, Chosen by God, I think summarizes this really well. Um, it's page 95 if you're keeping score at home. Um, he, he, he says this. We are speaking of the grace of regeneration. We remember that in regeneration, God creates in us a desire for himself. But when we have that desire planted in us, we will continue to function as we always have functioned, making our choices according to the strongest motivation at the moment. If God gives us a desire for Christ, we will act according to that desire. We will most certainly choose the object of that desire. We will choose Christ. Hmm. When God makes us spiritually alive, we become spiritually alive. It is not merely the possibility of becoming spiritually alive that God creates. He creates spiritual life within us. When he calls something into being, it comes into being. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And uh, it reminds me of um, something that I read earlier today uh, when it talked about, um, somebody talked about the fact that the king of the universe gives you a summons Mm. uh, and it's so powerful that it brings a response. Yes. So he summons us, he gives us the heart to respond, and we can do nothing but respond. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. We both said we're going to wrap it up and then talked for another <laughs> couple of minutes. But <laughs> Man, you could be a preacher, Jet. Oh, geez. Um, well, hey, look, it, it, if you've got questions about this or any of these other uh, five points, we'd love to get those questions, take a stab at them on a, on a future episode. If you've got questions about Christianity in general, about something you've read in the Bible, um, please send those in. You can email those questions to michael at trinitygracesa.org, or you can text them anonymously to 210-920-0783. We're going to be taking a break next week. Um, I think Michael's doing some traveling. Uh, yeah, yeah, going to North Carolina. Oh, fun stuff. We do doing For a retreat there. Oh, cool. Yeah. That'll be a good time. So we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks, two weeks from now, as we wrap up this Calvinism series, looking at... Uh, the perseverance of the saints. If you've got questions about this, again, send them in. We'd love to take a stab at those. Um, but until next time, this has been TGC Midweek. Thanks for tuning in.